This podcast is brought to you by Watch City Research, your user research partner. Check out WatchCityResearch.com for insightful blog posts and to learn more about our UX research services. Hi, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the 97 UX Things podcast. Dan Berlin here, your book editor and podcast host. I'm joined this week by Shanae Chapman, who wrote the chapter, Design a Portfolio That Gets Results. Welcome, Shanae. Hi, Dan. Thanks for having me today. Thanks for joining the podcast. Can you please uh, introduce yourself to the audience? Yeah, I'm Shanae Chapman. I'm a senior UX researcher and designer with a focus in developer experience and APIs. I also am a UX professor at Leslie University and the author of the chapter on designing a portfolio that gets results. Focus on APIs. Can you tell us a little bit more about that? How, how, how do you focus on the, the UX of APIs? Yeah, I have had the pleasure in my career to work on uh, developer tools. And um, as part of that work, um, I have done research and design on API uh, design and development tools. And for a UX perspective, it really is tying in uh, those best practices around understanding your personas and understanding their needs and uh, expectations and applying that to this niche area of creating uh, tools for other developers and uh, highly technical people. Hmm. Very cool. And can you tell us about your career trajectory? How did you first discover UX and how did you wind up where you are today? Yeah, definitely. Um, so it's, it's really a funny thing. I didn't know what UX was. I was just was doing the things before I had the terminology um, around it. Um, I knew that I really enjoyed my uh, design classes as part of my, uh, my college uh, degree at St. Louis University. And I continued to pursue web design and development at Webster University. And then I went to Northeastern in Boston and studied uh, information systems and informatics. Uh, and as part of that degree, I took classes in usability and uh, understanding um, heuristics and evaluations. And um, that was really my uh, introduction into this, this world of UX. And I uh, found the UXPA Boston organization and attended events and um, talks and learned a lot from um, the people who would share their case studies and their experiences and just soaked up all that knowledge and continued to work on my portfolio and um, did freelance work for a while before landing my first uh, UX position uh, where I had UX in the title and have been doing it uh, almost eight years now. Great, great. And do you tend to focus more on the design side, research, strategy, anywhere in particular you tend to focus your work? Yeah, you know, I'm a mixed bag. I've, I've worked mm. on uh, teams where um, we had just a small amount of UX people in the organization. So maybe like five UX people for 600 plus uh, employee organization. And I've also worked at really big companies where we've had hundreds of UX people and we had over 100,000 or so employees. So I've, I've worked in different positions, which causes you to wear multiple hats. So there definitely have been cases where I've been doing a lot of research. I've been doing 
service design and really trying to understand um, how systems work and the different stakeholders who are involved and um, capturing a lot of those assumptions and um, facilitating research, but also have had opportunities where I've done design work where we are actually taking those insights and creating those mock-ups and prototypes. Um, so I, I've done a little bit of everything. Um, what I do now is, is focus more on the big picture, uh, the research side and strategy, and using that data to help influence designs. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Great. It's great to hear your background there and, and how you wound up where you are today. Um, can you please tell us about your chapter, Design a Portfolio That Gets Results? Yeah, so I, I love to uh, share information uh, to people who want to break into UX because I, I know what it's like um, having a lot of passion and uh, wanting to um, see your dream come to life and having this career where you can be both creative and also have um, the ability to influence technology and also have the ability to work with uh, different business stakeholders. So it's a, definitely a very exciting field, but it is very tough to get that first position. And mm -hmm. I know from experience how hard that is that um, many times employers will ask you for a portfolio for you know, examples, but maybe you've been in college or maybe you went to a boot camp and you only have like school portfolio samples. You don't have examples from working with real um, clients and real businesses. And that was definitely a, um, a situation that I was in when I, I started my career. And that's why I turned to freelancing and consulting and working with nonprofit organizations and working with um, higher education organizations to help build my portfolio up. And even then trying to understand what do people look for when they are hiring for UX researchers and designers. And I heard these questions come up from uh, mentees and from coaching sessions that I've had with uh, people throughout the past couple of years, really trying to understand what is it that they should have in their portfolios for those, those first entry-level positions, and, and also for folks who are transitioning to more of the leadership side of UX as well. Hmm. Um, I love that you mentioned doing work at a nonprofit uh, to begin with. That's something I always tell folks uh, mm -hmm, when breaking yeah. into the field. It's a great way to build your portfolios. Go find some nonprofits, do some pro bono work. and Yeah, definitely. Yeah, there's some portfolio. How about that starting point for whether you're a designer or your focus is design, your focus is research or strategy? What is that starting point on, on building your portfolio? Yeah, I, I like to tell people try everything, try everything. Hmm. And um, even if UX is not in your current job title, find ways to bring UX best practices into your role. And that is something that I did um, in my career as well. Uh, when I worked at IBM, I was uh, hired as a UI testing specialist. Mm. So I was the person um, working on the um, software development team, testing that nothing broke after they made all the updates. Right. <laughs> testing that, um, that everything that um, was introduced as new features was actually going to meet the user expectation. So there was some element of understanding the users, but it was way at the end 
of the software development cycle. And I knew that in order to make uh, more of an impact, having the ability to do preliminary research and create designs before the implementation process was going to be key. Um, so that's something that I saw as a gap and I started introducing, hey, how about we do some interviews? Let's do some stakeholder interviews. Let's get some feedback on what people would expect to see. And then we'll have that data as well. And, you know, just really kind of shopping it around and proposing it to people on the team and saying, hey, you know, like I got, and just taking the initiative. I think that's a big key as well, being proactive mm -hmm. and taking initiative and seeing what the business, what your teams could use, could find value in, and you doing it. I'm, I'm definitely in the camp of um, ask for forgiveness and mm -hmm. not permission. Yep. And it has served me well. And there are definitely times where I have had to apologize, but I think it's really um, nine times out of 10, it's really about seeing where you can bring value, seeing where you can um, bring in uh, tools and methods that can help your teams and then also your career as well so that you have some good samples to take with you to your next position. Yep. And to amplify something you just said, it's in terms of the business, right? So yeah. finding value that you can bring to the business in terms of the business goals and understanding user goals and aligning the two. Definitely. Absolutely. And I think that is a really big piece that sets uh, user experience apart from um you know, just doing like graphic design, for example, which is something that I, I started out doing. I took those classes uh, as an undergraduate, but the piece of understanding the business and the needs of the stakeholders, as well as the users and the customers and having that influence what you create for designs, that is a game changer. And that's really is what it's going to set you apart as a UX practitioner. Yep. So how does one get that across uh, in their portfolio? Yes. So this is the meat. Yeah, this is where um, people have different ideas about how to show um, what they've done in their portfolios. And I am a fan of having a high level summary. So having uh, telling a story. So telling the high level story. This is the beginning. This is the problem that the users face. This is the middle. This is what we did to you on a team and describe who that team was. This is what we did to um, create uh, more understanding. And lastly, at the end, this is the solution that was created and the impact and the outcomes from the solution. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Telling that story. That's right. Absolutely. Absolutely. And then I, I also recognize that it depends also on um, what your goals are for your career. So if you are someone that you know you really just want to focus on research, then really highlighting that in your portfolio and um, diving into uh, the different methods that you use. Um, how do you choose between different research methods? Showing some of those artifacts. And I have been on both sides of being um, uh, someone who was hiring on the hiring committee for um, bringing in more UX people to a team and also as an interviewee interviewing for positions. And it is baffling that there's so many people who, even for research, don't bring in case studies and artifacts. So being able to talk to some of those uh, situations that have happened 
throughout your career is important. So that ties back into how do you get that experience, being proactive, seeking opportunities with uh, nonprofits or freelancing is a, a great way to start that. Yep. Often enough in research, the things that we have to show are study documents or interview mm-hmm. guides. Um, mm-hmm. and, yeah. and again, to amplify what you just said, I always tell folks to tell that story of what you did, what results came about and how what your role was in that and uh, in terms of research research or design that you want to focus on yeah because i'm always curious what happened after the research and the design work what happened did the team you know take that information and you know start building some features or um was it a situation where it went to a backlog and it never got built so like i'm interested in hearing like what happened um after the work that the ux team did and if there were opportunities for you all to uh, negotiate with your product managers and engineers to get um, some of that work done as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, being results oriented, uh, mm-hmm. not only in your documentation, but also in how you present yourself and how you talk about yourself. Yeah, and that that's a big key, uh, especially for um, UX practitioners who want to move up. So if you're like mid-level and you want to move up to the senior level, mm-hmm. definitely being able to communicate and articulate how do you work with other UX researchers and designers, but also how are you partnering with your product managers, with your business stakeholders, with your uh, executives, as well as your engineering team? How are you building those relationships? How are you influencing the product roadmap and the design work that's happening as well? Mm-hmm. And how are you implementing the processes behind uh, you know, design? You know, what are your what are your design and research processes and how you've implemented and were successful in that? Absolutely. Yeah. So tell us a bit more about the different types of portfolios, if you don't mind. So there are folks who are going for design positions or research positions. How do these portfolios differ or how should they differ? Yeah, definitely. So we talked a little bit about research, um, like focusing on, uh, I think that they can start with um, that story narrative in both cases. Um, So the beginning is the problem, um, the user's phase and the business phase. And where they're going to differ is that middle ground. So if I'm someone who is seeking research positions, I want to focus a lot on that discovery phase. Uh, how do I understand um, the users and the stakeholders and um, doing uh, like comp- competitive analysis and benchmarks of the industry and understanding um, what are um, common patterns? How do I do uh, qualitative uh, research and quantitative uh, metrics? With maybe you're using some analytic tools to help with that as well. Um, but for our designers, that, that middle piece of what do you do is going to focus more on um, how are you taking in um, some of those research findings and actually applying it to building out um, concepts. How do you gather your team together for like design studio to come up with buy-in and new ideas and experiment together and use that as a way to um, move the design forward and creating that design um, in whatever tools that you um, are skilled in using, uh, whether it's Figma, whether it's um, Adobe XD, um, outlining how you use those tools, how you communicate um, those mock-ups and prototypes out 
to the rest of your team? How do you get feedback across um, UX, product management and engineering? And then lastly, that solution piece. So when you have that final, uh, you know, agreed upon solution, um, what is that process like? How do you uh, share that information out? How do you keep track of the progress um, from a design perspective? And then for research, what does it look like for you to do long-term studies versus some of the, the short-term um, research initiatives? And are you able to uh, tie in your research into overarching goals for uh, the business at large? So I think those are some, some key ways to uh, highlight uh, research and design. Um, and you can do that for uh, separate research portfolio and separate design portfolio. Or if you're someone like me who likes to do like a mix of both, you can definitely include um, both of those, uh, those methods and strategies within your portfolio as well. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. How about telling that story? So the, 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 the commonality between the two there is telling that story and mm -hmm. no matter of where you focus there. And, but there's a lot to tell. How do we do so succinctly uh, when someone is thumbing through resumes and portfolios? Yeah, I, I think um, definitely focusing on the key highlights. And it's like we always say this in the UX. It depends. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it depends. Um, so really focusing on um, what are the uh, highlights that um, stood out in this particular uh, case study that led to outcomes um, and led to uh, alignment between those business objectives and those customer needs. That's where I would focus the highlights mm -hmm. um, because sometimes we run into situations where um, we gather data that we actually don't end up using for a particular feature set. So there's no reason to bring in uh, additional data uh, in your portfolio that's not relevant to a specific outcome that you're focusing on. So I would really tie it into focusing on one problem. And I know that's hard to do, but focus on one problem, um, one uh, feature set that your team worked on that you were able to uh, contribute to, and then you'll have a succinct story about that one problem and what you did, whether it's research or design or both, and then the solution for that one problem as well. That's wonderful. Uh, I've seen so many portfolios or where, where it's, here's every little step that we did, and yeah. here's so many words to tell you uh, just that. And I love what you said there of just keeping it focused on a single problem and telling that story as succinctly as possible. Yeah, kind of like an MVP for your yeah. case study. Yeah. So um, one of my case studies is around um, work that I did on MATLAB Drive when I worked at the MathWorks. And the story in this particular case study covers um, creating the uh, delete and restore functions mm -hmm. of MATLAB Drive. So MATLAB Drive, kind of similar to a Google Drive for scientists and engineers who use MATLAB. And today, like it seems so basic, of course you would have the ability to delete files and be able to recover them and restore them if you needed to. But this, this functionality did not exist in 2017 for MATLAB Drive. Yeah. So there was a lot of research that was done and there was a lot of um, conceptual design work that was done just for this particular 
feature set. And for the engineering uh, point of view, this was a big architecture move as well. So there was a lot of um, pulling together different um, people from across the business in order for this feature set to actually be successful and to be implemented. And that's the story that I share in that portfolio. So I think it's really important that you pick something that's complex, that shows um, your mm. ability to work across different uh, teams um, and functions and something that has a huge impact on the organization. So I think those are the, the key elements to uh, showing off um, how well you can work with different types of people and how you can help uh, businesses and organizations meet their goals. Fantastic. Yeah, totally. Thank you for that. One thing to add to that is don't forget to use UX principles in your documentation, like using bold words to highlight <laughs> yes. important things. That's right. Yeah. That's right. And I know that so many people, um, you know, creating their portfolio is kind of the thing they do that's uh, always pushed to the side and they only kind of go back to it when they're job searching. But if you are constantly thinking about, oh, this could be something that I add to my portfolio just from a career development perspective, not necessarily that you're job searching, you're going to have uh, less work that you'll need to do when you are ready to job search. Yeah. So just think about that um, in your, your daily roles. Like, how are you crafting stories of um, identifying a problem that the business and the users have, coming up with methods and um, and opportunities to uncover more data and, and build concepts and designs? And then lastly, how are you uh, delivering on those outcomes and creating solutions that are impactful? So if you think about that in the work that you do on a daily basis, it's going to be um, very easy for you to pull that information together when you're ready to update your portfolio. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Shanae, this has been wonderful. Uh, so much great information for folks. So thank you for all of that. Um, but moving on to the last topic here, a career tip, either for folks uh, moving into UX or who have been in UX for a while. Do you have a career tip uh, for folks? Yes, this is something that we don't talk about enough. Networking is everything mm. in UX, everything. And, you know, it's something where um, if you know, you know. But if you're like a new person to the industry, you may not understand that because it's not really something that we talk about a lot. But really getting in touch with professional organizations and um, being able to attend those meetings and webinars and when we get together in person again, attending events in person to really just understand how do people who are in the jobs that you want to be in, how do they actually approach those UX best practices and apply them on an everyday basis? Because what you learn in your college courses it's not always the way it's going to be implemented in real life. Mm. So being able to be a sponge and take in that insight and take in um, the information that people are willing to share and willing to um, discuss with you. And UXPA Boston has been a great resource for me in my career. Um, also UXPA International also um, has some great insights and, and um, speakers that come in. And then um, 
being able to share your time as a volunteer, that's a great way to network and build relationships. And you will be um, definitely surprised by how many opportunities will come your way if you put yourself out there to engage with people in your network and um, be proactive and volunteer your time and your, bring in your energy as well. Absolutely. A lot of folks forget that volunteering isn't just for students. Mm-hmm, that's uh, right. It's a great way to meet people. It's a great way to, and then as you said, we're all applying UX in different ways. It's a great way to hear other people's stories so that you can apply it to your own world. Definitely, because um, sometimes you need a sanity check, especially if mm-hmm. you are um, in an organization where there's not a lot of UX people. So I've been in organizations where there were only five of us and there were 600 other employees. So we kind of felt like a little island. So still having those networks with UX uh, researchers and designers through U- UXPA Boston, UXPA International, for example, I'm also a member of STLX here in St. Louis, and having those relationships where you're able to ask questions about how do you, um, you know, have uh, recruiting done for new um, potential research studies? Yep. What has been successful for you? What is something to avoid? Because sometimes these are the things that can make or break your uh, particular uh, deliverable? Do you have access to your users? So finding creative ways to reach users through like email marketing campaigns, social media, um, having uh, even uh, posts on GitHub. Mm -hmm. I got creative and um, partnered with some developers and say, hey, can you post this link to uh, sign up for UX research and got a lot of feedback that way. So really sharing that information and um, finding some tips that can help you be successful, especially when you get in uh, sticky situations. We have been there before and using your community for that. Yeah. And it's a very giving community. Everyone loves geeking out and figuring out the best ways to go about things. Absolutely. Yes. Um, And there's a lot of Slack communities out there worth checking out. Um, Whether you're in design or research, there are so many Slack communities, especially ones that have popped up over the past couple of years that can be great networking resources. Yes, Slack is where it's at as well. Um, I also want to share UX Her is a a Mm -hmm. organization that came about in the last couple of years. They focus on uh, sharing resources and tools for especially uh, women of color who are interested in UX. So definitely check that out as well, um, either to grab some of those resources and build connections, or if you want to volunteer and you want to share your expertise, that's a great organization to uh, support as well. Great. So Shanae, is there anything else that you were hoping to convey to folks here today about building your portfolio or any other career tips um, worth uh, conveying here today? Yeah, definitely um, keep going. Uh, I know it's challenging. Um, You're going to hear a lot of no's. You're going to have a lot of rejection in this line of work. But what matters is the companies that say yes, Mm -hmm. the people that say yes. You only need one yes. That's it. You only need one. So um, if this is something that you enjoy doing, uh, it's fun for you to... uh, investigate and do research and create designs and see that out in the world. Like I'm, I'm still very proud of the work I did um, on MATLAB Drive. It still exists. So yep. it's, it's really amazing to see that work and to know that millions of people use the tools that you have researched and designed. So if this is something that you're passionate about, stick with it. 
be persistent. It's going to work out and continue to network and, and build those relationships. Yep. Great. Yeah. Don't, don't, and don't be afraid to ask for help from your fellow UXers because we're ready to give it. <laughs> yes. Ask all the questions. That's yes. Right. Sinead, this has been a wonderful conversation. Thank you so much for uh, joining me here today. Yes, thanks for having me. I'm so happy that we were able to make this happen. We both have crazy schedules, so I'm so happy that we got this done. Yeah, likewise, likewise. Uh, we give a lot of great stuff to our listeners here today. Everyone, thanks for listening today. You've been listening to the 97 UX Things podcast. Dan Berlin, your host. Have a great rest of the day. The 97 UX Things podcast is a companion to the book 97 Things Every UX Practitioner Should Know, published by O'Reilly, and all book royalties go to UX nonprofits. The theme music is Iron Lung by King Gizzard and the Lizard Wizard, and I'm your host and book editor, Dan Berlin. Please remember to find the needs in your community and fill them with your best work. Thanks for listening.